At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A warmer from Evo. Welcome to Loving Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast Eats with myself, Craig Eats and now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. And we do have a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Tobias Bass, he does a terrific job and actually is a first-time joiner of this podcast. He does amazing work over there with NBC Sports Edge along with ZagsBlog.com. He's going to be joining me to talk about what we've all been seeing with regards to the transfer portal. We wind up seeing a big-time guard wind up going back to the state of Texas. We're going to be talking with him about who some of the best targets are out there. We're going to be talking about a guy that was at the junior college level that wound up putting up 20 points per game that is heading to the SWAC, which might be a little bit of a resurgent conference. We've seen quite a bit of coaching moves out there, so you're pretty much getting a nice big smorgasbord of college basketball talk because we're going swack, we're going with the Big 12, we're going to be going with a guy that's going to be making his decision on Friday, we're going with the top overall transfers remaining out there in the portal, so we're covering a lot of ground with Mr. Tobias Bass in the second segment. He's going to have a hook, line, and sinker, and then in the final segment, we're going to be taking a look at everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Thursday, lots of decisions made, and Something else we're going to be talking to Tobias about, and it's going to be popping up in the final segment. Guys have entered in for the NBA draft that have also put their name in for the transfer portal. The deadline to put your name in for the portal is May 1st. I think that there's probably going to be some leniency because the NCAA has no idea what they're doing and they can't stay to any deadline whatsoever. But that said, as of right now, the deadline is supposedly May 1st. So we are going to be taking a look at that. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters ZM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really didn't get in a lot of questions today, but we did wind up seeing quite a bit happen in college basketball. And we've got a lot of ground that we are going to be covering with Mr. Tobias Bass. And that is going to be coming up on the other side right here on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Spears. Now, a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. 
Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. And we're back here in Love You Las Vegas. We're Ghost to Ghost with myself, Craig Eats Pierce, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guest as Tobias Bass is doing an absolutely terrific job of taking a look at the game of college basketball. He's over there at Zags Blogs. He's taking a look at everything that we're getting right now in terms of the transfer portal. Does a good job of being able to take a look at a lot of the guys that are going to be going into college as well as he does a great job being able to take a look at some of these recruits as well. Really does a great job when it comes to all facets of being able to keep up with basketball. He's doing a terrific job over there at NBC Sports Edge as well. And to be able to follow Tobias on Twitter, very easy. At Tobias underscore Bass, and Bass is spelled like the bass that you wind up catching out there in the pond if you wind up going fishing. And Tobias, great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on. And Tobias, I know you've been doing a great job of being able to take a look at the transfer portal. And we've noticed that the last few days, we've seen a couple big names wind up coming off the board. Obviously, Kendrick Davis, I would say, is the biggest of them. But Davion Harmon, he decided on Thursday that he was going to be heading over from Oregon and he's going to be going to Texas Tech. I feel like this is just an absolutely terrific fit. I didn't feel like he necessarily was the world's greatest fit over there at Oregon, but was able to help out his three-point shooting a little bit. I take a look at this for Texas Tech. I think it's big for them. I think that this is big for Davion Harmon. And in terms of just actual, I guess we call it, matches made in the transfer portal, this is one of the best ones I've seen all offseason. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great fit. I mean, this deal was actually supposed to get done about a week to two weeks ago. But, you know, there were some things going on. Paperwork had to get signed. And, you know, Mark Adams wanted to make sure that the fit was perfect. But I thought this was going to happen a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, thankfully it happened for Tech. And I really do like the fit. Yeah, I agree with you. A guy that does a solid job on defense. Someone who was a former top 75 recruit when he wanted going over there to Oklahoma. So has a little bit of familiarity with the Big 12 as well. So that is going to be really, really good. And I also have to comment. I absolutely love the fact that you want to putting out yesterday hashtag bass bomb with regards to what we're seeing in college basketball right now. And one of the biggest bombs that we did wind up seeing a little bit earlier in the transfer portal, that'd be the fact that Kendrick Davis is heading over there to Memphis. I don't know how you wind up rating some of the guys in the transfer portal, but I really felt like he was the biggest one to wind up hitting it. Obviously, no shortage of teams. We're going after him there. And I take a look at what's being built at Memphis right now. You wind up having Landers Alley go over there to Cincinnati. You'll pretty much replace him with Kendrick Davis. And I feel like that was really the missing link for Memphis, a team that does a good job defensively, a team that typically has good three-point shooting, but a team that just needed someone to be a little bit more efficient with the ball. And I think that they're getting that. And I take a look moving forward for Memphis. And I think the arrow's up on them. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on this Tigers team as of now, but I feel like Kendrick Davis is exactly what they needed. Yeah, he's exactly what they needed. He's definitely going to help them. You know, they also brought in um, Elijah McCaden. He's a good scorer. Not the most efficient as far as shooting the ball, but I think Kendrick Davis will definitely help him 
you know, pick his spots a lot better, make him a much efficient scorer. So I definitely like this Memphis team. I want to see, you know, Penny did a good job, you know, towards the end of the season. You know, they had a couple of issues, you know, Monty Bates, you know, didn't play that much with injury and a bunch of other things. But once they got settled, especially after in, in the new year, they were one of the best, you know, teams in college basketball to end the year as far as record-wise. So I think adding Kendrick Davis will definitely be a step in the right direction for them next year. Oh, I completely agree with you there. I do think that the arrow is trending upwards for them. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Tobias Bass. And Tobias, what I love about you is that you take a look at these bigger time transfers. I know that you were talking a lot about Davion Harmon on Thursday, but you also give a little bit of love to the little guys like Northlake guard Gregory Crawford. He was a D3 player of the year. And I'm someone that I come from a D3 school. I graduated from UW Oshkosh. So I can always appreciate that. A guy that wanted putting up 20 and a half points per game. And as we know, Alcorn State, not a team that's going to be competing for a national title or anything like that. But when you take a look at someone like that going to the SWAC level, I think that that's very impactful. And I take a look at Alcorn State, a team that wound up having a little bit of success against some of the bigger teams that they wound up playing. They were able to cover spreads, which out here in Las Vegas, that's really all that matters. But we might have taken a look at some of these schools. And I think that the arrow is trending upwards for them, perhaps being able to challenge out there in that conference. Yeah, I agree as well. I think they're definitely going to be, um, I think they're going to be a good team in that conference. He, I mean, he brings in 20 points, eight rebounds, and two and a half assists a game. He was a Juco D3 player of the year. His story is pretty interesting. You know, he, he actually had to go play at a, at a JUCO little, I guess, camp type of thing, like a showcase to get scholarships because he had no one was pretty much looking at him this year. So he went there, had maybe one or two schools, and Alcorn State happened to be the one that he liked the best, and he, and he chose them. I think the SWAC will be a little better this year. A bunch of schools moving around, a bunch of coaches moving around. I think the, the comps will be a little bit better than it has been in recent memory. Yeah, it's been really interesting to take a look at it because Mo Williams a few seasons ago right. was coaching over there at Alabama State. You did wind up having what I thought was so interesting, Lindsey Hunter coaching there at Mississippi Valley State along with his son there as well. That clearly just was a case in which Mississippi Valley State was unable to get off the ground with that regime. But I do take a look at the SWAC, and you've been able to notice in recent years, Texas Southern being able to pull off a couple nice wins. They wound up going to Florida this last year. They were able to get a nice top 25 win there. We remember Texas Southern a few years ago winning at Michigan State, and I do think that the arrow is trending upward for the entirety of the conference. I agree. I definitely agree as well. I think think it'll be a lot more competitive than it was being. They, they They deserve some love, too. Yep, I totally agree with you there. And when it comes to what I wind up doing, it doesn't matter whether you're betting on Elkhorn State or if you're betting on Duke. A winning bet is a winning bet. So all these schools, they deserve equal love, in my opinion. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Tobias Bass. He does a terrific job over there at NBC Sports Edge. And what I do think is really intriguing when it comes to the transfer portal as well is that it does feel like with a lot of these schools, they wind up being able to get a couple guys at the same time. We wound up seeing that with Miami in recent days. They were able to get Nigel Pack, as we know. Nigel Pack, he wound up getting the pack with getting $400,000 a year in a brand new car, <laughs> which I tell you right now, I'm not hating right there. If you're able to get some money, if you're able to get a new car, why not go out and do it? But you wind up seeing no Chad Omier. He winds up being able to follow him up. You saw Brian a few weeks ago. They wanted just having a big, giant run of guys that decided that they wanted to go there. Missouri State in recent days, they've been able to pick it up. And I do think that it is so interesting because when it comes to the transfer portal, it feels like if you, lined up, if you wind up landing one guy, you're able to land multiple. So 
I do think that that first one is really critical for these coaches. Yeah, no, I agree. And like you said, with Miami, I mean, Miami, they bring in two really big-time transfers, but they also have a good recruiting class. They have a top 20, 25 recruiting class over there as well. So I think they're going to be a team. I don't think they're going to really miss a beat. They're not as old as they would have been last year, but I think they're going to still be a really good team. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I do think that Miami is going to be able to do a solid job. Now the question becomes, well, why is it happening with Isaiah Wong? He wound up entering into the NBA draft and, Something that I noticed in recent days as well, a lot of these guys that they decided that they were going to be declaring for the NBA draft, they've now put their name into the transfer portal. Like Patrick right. Baldwin Jr. is someone that on Thursday, he decided to keep his options open. Oshun Oshuni decided to as well, which means that you know, Oshun Oshuni could still wind up going back to St. Bonaventure if he does not wind up appearing what he wants to with regards to the NBA draft. But at the same time, it's keeping all options open. And I feel like that's really been a trend in recent days with this May 1st deadline, I'm not sure if they're going to allow players after the May 1st deadline to wind up being able to enter in because we saw it last year. It was very, very loose with regards to the terms. But I think what we're noticing more is that all these guys that they're just taking a look at perhaps professional options, they're trying to keep every single avenue open in case they wind up not hearing what they want. Yeah, I agree. And the NIL changes everything. I mean, look at Nigel Pack. He's making a bunch of money. So that impact, you know, that definitely changes everything for these college kids. It's kind of interesting, though, despite, you know, NIL, they're making so much money, or some of the guys are at least. This draft is pretty weak, in my opinion. I think some other scouts would say the same. So I'm surprised you haven't seen some of these guys even just kind of go for it. I mean, you only can declare twice, you know, the second time you have to keep your name in it. So, you know, declaring one doesn't hurt. But I'm surprised some of these guys aren't keeping their name in there because the class overall really isn't that weak. Some of the, some of the um, even GMs are even complaining about it. They don't really know who they want as of this moment. So I'm just interested in seeing that. And I think that it's very fair to say this year's draft is pretty top-heavy because Paul Bancaro, we all knew that he was going to be a top-five talent. Chet Holmgren, we all know that at the NBA level, he's going to be relatively solid. Jaden Ivey, he wanted being able to emerge during the season. In any draft, he'd be a very highly talented guy. But I feel like after, you could call it the top-five, top-seven, something like that, after you wind up getting outside those lottery picks, when it comes to that middle of the first round, into the second round, I feel like it's pretty much anyone's guess as to where some of these guys might wind up going because I take a look at 10 mock drafts and the second round of those mock drafts, they all look just so completely different. And I think that that's really the specialty of this year. You have your top prospects. Jabari Smith need to throw him in there as well. No doubt he's going to be going very high. But after you wind up getting outside those top few guys, there just really is a lot of guys that it feels like they're sort of the same. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you even look at some guys like, Ty Ty Washington. I mean, if you put him in another class, I don't know if he's a consensus top 10 pick. You look at Blake Wesley in Notre Dame, same thing. And I think what's hurting some of these guys is some of these guys didn't play well to end the year. You know, Blake Wesley, his last three games, he was, it wasn't great. Kendall Brown, his last couple of games wasn't great. Ty Ty, of course, we lost to St. Peter's. But some of these guys that were projected to be top 10 picks, they just didn't end the season well. And I think that's what has GM so flustered. I agree with you as we do have Tobias Bass does a great job with NBC Sports Edge joining me right here on the podcast. And would you say that part of this is because college basketball is a little bit of a glut of big men and not necessarily enough guards? Because I just take a look at what we wound up getting this last season. And when you wound up trying to point out who the best guard was in college basketball, it was really hard to come up with a name. I mean, there were a lot of people that they would say James Akinsho, O'Shea Ogbaji, obviously Ty Ty Washington was able to do a solid job, but there wasn't necessarily that one dominant guard. And then you take a look at the big men, Oscar Sheba, who obviously decided to go back to school. Jabari Smith, a very good stretch man who was able to shoot threes. 
You're able to throw in there Drew Timmy, Chad Holmgren, list goes on and on. You're able to rattle off all the good big men. Meanwhile, when you want to talking about the greatest guards of college basketball, you had a tough time coming up with a top 10 list, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, college basketball is an older sport. You know, we haven't, in the past 20 years, we've only seen one team with predominantly freshman starters win. Duke a couple of years ago with Jill Local for Justice Winslow. It's typically an older team. So when teams get to the tournament, they're typically older. That's why the transfer portal is so hot. And, you know, Coach Cal, over the last several years, he's done a good job of bringing in freshmen. But I think an issue that some of the teams are having, specifically Kentucky, they're not getting these for sure one-and-done guys anymore. I mean, how many how many players have Kentucky picked up in the last couple of years that are in the portal this year? He's not getting those for sure one-and-dones. I mean, some of these guys, they're top 10 picks. They're top 10 freshmen in the country, or, you know, top 10 recruiting classes. They're not very good. EJ Montgomery was a top 15 player in his class. He wasn't very good, and the list goes on and on. Totally agree with you. I mean, Pat Baldwin Jr. just wound up entering in the NBA draft. Pretty much right. everyone had him as a top five guy, and he shot 26% from three-point range in the Ryzen, like 12 points per game. Now, I think part of that might be due to the fact that his father is just, we're going to call it what it is, one of the most dreadful college basketball coaches I've seen over the last decade. But, man, that is just one of those cases in which it's like, how did that wind up happening? But when it comes to some of the talent that we do have out there in the portal, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. You wind up seeing quite a few of the big names coming off the board. Nigel Pack, you wind up seeing on Thursday, Davion Harmon, Kendrick Davis, list goes on and on. When you take a look at some of the guys that are available right now, who do you think are some of the most impactful guys that a school might be going after? Uh, I really like Antoine Davis. I would love to see him at uh, Houston. I know Houston going after him pretty heavily. I would like to see him go over there playing in front of, you know, he's been over there at Detroit Mercy for a while. I want to see him playing from some bigger teams some better games and see what he can really bring to the table. Um, you know, Baylor Freeman, the guy from up there, I want to see where he goes. I mean, every school in the country reached out to him. So he's going to be an interesting guy. Malachi Smith is another. I mean, guys are in the portal every day. And, you know, with the May 1st deadline coming up, I think you may even see a couple of more big names just throw their name in there. Like Kyle Lofton from St. Bonaventure, he just put his name in the portal about an hour ago. And I think he's going to be a stud wherever he's going. He's going to make a big impact. Yep, I totally agree with you. Khalil Shabazz wound up entering from San Francisco. And Felipe Haas, the guy that's a little bit under the radar, 15 points per game over there at yeah. Mercer. I think that that's a guy that I'm going to be taking a look at as well. And something else I'm taking a look at, all the great work that you're doing, Tobias. I absolutely love the photo that you wanted to posting up with the Bass Bomb. That was absolutely <laughs> terrific. I thought that that was great humor. And you're doing a great job taking a look at the transfer portal. And like I mentioned, you do a great job with all forms of basketball. You're doing a great job taking a look at just the recruiting world when it comes to college basketball. These guys, they're going to be stars in future years. You're taking a look at the transfer portal. I know at NBC Sports Edge, you cover a little bit of everything with the game as well. So love the good people at home. Know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on for sure. But you guys can follow me. At Tobias underscore Bass, that's T-O-B-I-A-S underscore Bass like the fish. I'm sure I'll be bringing some more news. I'll actually have some more breaking news tomorrow at noon. Uh, Fardaz um, and Meek from uh, Utah Valley. So I'll definitely bring some more news the rest of the week, and I'm just excited to see where some of these guys end up. Oh, absolutely. And Fardaz Amick, one of the biggest names out there in the transfer portal, a guy that was able to shoot threes at Utah Valley, was number two in terms of rebounds per game because, well, hard to be number one when you might have having Oscar Sheway out there. So being number two, not necessarily the worst thing in the world. And 
it's always good to get Tobias Bass on this show. First time I wound up having him on. Certainly hope that it's not going to be the last time because the guy wound up delivering some absolutely tremendous content, doing a great job over there at NBC Sports Edge and delivered the goods today. So big thanks to Tobias for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soup, now part of the Easton Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up seeing in the college basketball world on Thursday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. And now part of the Beeson family of podcasts and great to get Tobias Bass on the podcast. First time having him on, certainly probably not going to be the last time we're going to be having him on. He does a terrific job over there at NBC Sports Edge, does a great job over there at Zag's blog as well. So this is a man very tied in with all things basketball, does a little bit of recruiting, does a good job being able to take a look at the transfer portal, does a good job just taking a look at the game of basketball from all levels. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Thursday. And this is one of the biggest ones. You wound up seeing Davion Harmon, a former top 75 recruit, decide about 48 hours ago that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal. And he's already made a decision. He is going to be going to Texas Tech. Someone who last season at Oregon just could not wind up really knocking down those outside shots. Was able to give you 11 points per contest. Did wind up shooting 37% from three-point range. Much of that wanted coming towards back half of the season. I take a look at what he wound up doing at Oklahoma two seasons ago. Hitting right around 13 points per game. He was very rock solid there. You could tell that Oregon was just a little bit of a band of misfit pieces. This last season was a little bit surprising to see because typically Dana Altman does a great job with regards to the transfer portal line. For Harmon, I thought that he was going to come in. He was going to be able to provide a little bit more, but I think that he just thrives a little bit more out there in the southern part of the country in general because he did wind up beginning his career out there at Oklahoma, and you could tell that when it came to Davion Harmon, he was just a little bit of a feast or famine guy. You are able to take a look from pretty much February 17th on. He wound up having a single-digit amount of points in five out of the team's last 10 games. He wound up having, I believe it was, 12-plus points in the other five, averaging 9.5 points per contest, shooting right around 35.5% from three-point range. This is someone who is a native of the state of Texas, but very much a good on-ball defender. This is absolutely massive for that program, and I do think that he's going to come in. And once again, Texas Tech, they just don't rebuild 
They reload. Guns up for them. Big time addition. You want to see Drew Freiberg decide that he is going to be going to Belmont. Belmont always does a solid job of being able to pluck out like one transfer a year. Typically, someone that doesn't put up massive numbers, but winds up bringing a good skill set in for Freiburg. Nine and a half points per contest. Shot nearly 40% from three-point range as a six-foot-six combo player. Mr. Do quite a few things. Be versatile. Guard multiple positions. I think that this is going to be solid for Belmont. Now, Princeton wasn't necessarily the world's greatest offensive team. He's going to need to work on that a little bit, but I like what Casey Alexander building over there with the Bruins. They should be a top team out there in the Ohio Valley Conference. I don't think that Freiburg is going to be like a double-digit score or anything like that, but I think that he's going to come in and he's going to be a very solid role player for them. Ethan Kilgore, he's going down to the 91 level. He's going from Idaho to Missouri Western, and well, this is very easy for your handicap. All you need to note is that Mr. Kilgore, he was playing at the Division One level last season. He is no longer going to be there. You're able to cross him off your list of guys that you're able to take a look at and you're able to move on from there. And you're also noticing that Yuri Covington, by the way, he is heading down to the D1 level. How about if we wind up talking about him first? He's going down to Chipola College. He's hoping to wind up playing a year at the Juco level and then come up and be a little bit more highly touted. Covington actually wound up starting 27 games the last two seasons at William & Mary, the good old tag team, wound up averaging 9.5 points, 3.5 rebounds per game during his freshman season, but 3.9 turnovers per game and shot just 31% from three in those two campaigns. Wound up getting his turnovers down to 2.1 per game this last season, but wound up seeing a little bit of a diminished role as well for a William & Mary team that we're going to call what it is. They were one of the worst teams out there in college basketball this season. Meanwhile, you take a look at Miss Kogor and... He did wind up seeing a couple starts this last season in his two years. And Ido wound up averaging right around 3.5 points, 2.5 rebounds per game. Shot just 23.5% from three as a 6'5", little bit of a combo player. He's not going down to the Juco level. He's instead going to be playing at Missouri Western. Got to figure that he wants to play at the non-D1 level. Just be able to tear it up down there. Cannot blame him there. So we're seeing two guys go down to the non-D1 level. Once again, very easy for our handicap. You wound up having Marion Thomas. He wound up beginning his career at Ball State. He's transferring within the conference, and we've seen this a lot with the Mac. He is going to be heading over to Kent State, and this last season, Mr. Thomas, 11.5 points. Someone who began his career, by the way, at Maryland Eastern Shore. Five rebounds per game, shot 36.5% from three-point range, actually down from the 44.6%. And he wound up shooting during the 2020-21 season as a six-foot-eight combo player. Kent State has done a very solid job of being a bill via the transfer portal. They haven't necessarily picked up a lot this season, but you've taken a look at some of the guys that they brought in, most notably Sincere Carey. He sincerely was very good for that program last season, unable to get it done in the MAC final, but that said, I do take a look at this Kent State team. I think that, once again, they are building something special. I think that they're going to be in for another big season, so a nice addition out there in the transfer portal. You notice that Felipe Haas decided that he was going to be entering into the transfer portal as well. Someone who I think has a very good skill set, and someone that I think can really do some nice things over there with wherever he winds up joining. He was a all-SoCon performer during the 2021-22 season. 6'9", 250-pound big man that wound up putting up 15 points, 5.5 rebounds per game, shot 40% from three-point range with his size, began his career at South Carolina. Got to figure that he's going to be one of the more highly sought-after guys out there in the transfer portal. I think that he's going to be able to be a big-time difference maker. Has already proven that at a little bit of a higher level, he is able to be productive. Wasn't necessarily a starter while he was over there at South Carolina, but was certainly a little bit of a contributor, and I do think that he's going to be able to do a very solid job. So that is a big-time get in the transfer portal. Malachi Rhodes, he was playing for the Bracket Buster Bucknell Bison this last season. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal, someone who... 
wound up putting up right around four points per game this last season. Did wind up contributing four boards, shot 40% from three par inch, didn't wind up taking a lot of threes at six foot eight, but that's a little bit of a unique skill set. Bucknell was just a complete dumpster fire on defense these last few seasons, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue for his game, but I do think that with the right fit, he could come in, he'll be able to give you a couple rebounds, give you a little bit of versatility. That's solid. UT Martin, we've seen a lot of transfers these last few seasons. Philip Hughes, who wanted red training this last season, he decided that he's going to be entering in the transfer portal. Wasn't necessarily a highly touted guy, but just a sign of things that we've been seeing with regards to that program, although they have been bringing in a lot of notable transfers in recent days as well, so things seem to be on the up and up with them. Donovan Williams, he was playing at Oklahoma State this last season. He has decided that he is going to be heading over to Pacific. This is an absolutely massive get for Pacific as last season he didn't mind putting up necessarily massive numbers and, and he was expected to. He wound up seeing four starts early on during the season, dealt with a couple off-court issues, wound up dealing with a little bit of injury as well. Someone who he wanted coming in and he wanted being a relatively highly touted guy. According to 247 Sports for the class of 2020, was rated right around 300th with regards to their recruiting rankings. Number two out there in the state of Nebraska, by the way. And someone who at six foot five is able to light it up from three-point range, Pacific. They badly need some offense. They badly need a guy with a little bit of size to be able to do a little bit of a better job on defense. And I think that he's going to be able to come in. He's going to be able to lend a little bit of a boost to a Pacific team. that They were really, really bad last season, especially with regards to an ATS standpoint. They were actually the worst team in regards to covering the spread in all of college basketball. Now they bring in Tyler Beard from Georgia. They bring in Judson Martindale from Holy Cross. Got a couple misfit pieces, but you do have now, at the very least, a little bit of talent to be able to work with. Now it's being able to get it to meld together. I don't know necessarily how it's going to work out, but at the very least, skill set of this Pacific team, it is on the up and up. You do wind up seeing Milwaukee wind up having a pair of transfers on Thursday, as well as Tyler Ellingson and Kyle Ross decided that they were going to be transferring out of the program. Neither of these guys wound up really seeing any playing time whatsoever, but the UW-Milwaukee been a little bit of a hot mess with regards to that. You also wound up seeing Tafari Sims. This is a little bit of a bigger one. Someone who put up 7.5 points, 3.5 rebounds per contest. Not a guy that was necessarily going to completely light it up from 3-point range, but shot 89% at the free throw line. He decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal, and it appears as though Pat Baldwin Jr. might be keeping options open as well. as I'm seeing reports that he's now in the transfer portal as well. That would be very interesting to see if he winds up going back to school because this is a guy that you figured that he was for sure going to be a one-and-done guy. Now he's going with his tail between his legs because he wound up having one of the most pathetic freshman seasons ever. A former top five recruit put up 12 points per game out there in the Ryzen League. He shot 26% from three-point range. I mean, that just cannot wind up happening. You tell it, he wanted to some. And call it is really, really bad coaching as well, so... Gonna be very interesting to see what winds up happening with that. Sean Riley, this last season, was playing at Northwestern State. Only about two and a half points per contest. They wind up seeing a few starts. Well, not a guy that's gonna light it up from three-point range, six foot six. A little bit more of a traditional post player. He has decided that he is gonna be entering into the transfer portal. Chen Ho Ma, he was this last season playing at Georgia State. Just did not wind up seeing the floor too much. A little bit of a guy that they were taking a flyer on. He has decided that he is gonna be entering in the transfer portal as well. George Tinsley. This guy has been very fascinating in recent years. He was playing 
these last few seasons that Binghamton really tore it up during his freshman year. During the 2019-20 season, instant starter, 11.5 points, 7.5 boards, shot 32.5% from three as a 6'6 combo player. He had seen a dip in production the last two years. This last season, 4.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, saw his minutes go from 38.5 as a freshman down to 17.5 this last season. He's hoping to get a little bit of a new lease on life. He has decided that he is going to be staying out there in the northeast part of the country, and he is not going to be playing for Mount St. Mary's. The Mount can really use some like this. The Mount is a team that they very much value defense in Binghamton this last season. They did a much better job of, you guess it, defense. So I do think that this is going to be a transfer that winds up working out, and I do think that this is really going to be good for both parties. So I think that this is one in which you can really take it away, and you're able to say this is going to be good for both sides. You wound up seeing Boyan Zygmunt this is one of the hardest names to stay out there in the transfer portal. He wound up entering. Didn't wind up shooting 47% from three-point range. Problem was, he averaged two points per contest. Didn't wind up taking a lot of threes. Gentlemen, that winds up coming in from overseas. Going to be interesting to see if he winds up ending up anywhere in the transfer portal. He has decided that he is going to be transferring Titus Verhoeven. He wound up beginning his career at Duquesne. Spent the last three years at UTEP. He is heading to Northwestern. I don't know if Northwestern's going to be getting too much out of him other than a little bit of a defensive stopper because and he started the last three years at UTEP, but six and a half points, four and a half rebounds, and a block per contest this last season. Someone who had six foot nine, two hundred twenty-five pounds, really doesn't space a floor. He doesn't seem like a guy that is going to be very competitive at the Big Ten level. Once again, I think that he's going to be able to do a solid job as a little bit of a defensive top stopper, but I really don't see anything much more from his side that he is going to be going to Northwestern. So congratulations to him on being able to get into Northwestern. That said, I don't think that this is elevating Northwestern. It's really the only move that they made out there in the transfer portal and really doesn't upgrade this team. So congratulations, Northwestern. Jalen Cobb, he has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Did not wind up playing this last season. He was playing the last few seasons at Fordham. In three seasons at Fordham, 9.7 points, put up two and a half assists, 1.6 steals per game. A little bit more of a defense-oriented guard at six foot one facilitator that shot right around 31% from three-point range. So I do think that he's going to be able to make an impact depending upon where he goes. Don't expect him to be going like bombs away from three-point range or anything like that, but Certainly someone that has proven that he's able to put up points on a team that played very, very slow the last few years. So he's out there in the transfer portal. Ben Stanley, he was out there in the transfer portal. He decided that he is going to be heading to Old Dominion. At a lower level of basketball at Hampton during the 2019-20 season, this guy lit it up. 22 points, 7.5 boards, shot 33% from three-point range as a 6'6", a little bit of a combo player, 1.5 blocks per contest at Xavier. It was a combination of injuries and just the playing level itself that wanted getting to him. Played just 13 games these last two seasons at Xavier. A clean bill of health is going to be very much needed for him, but if he's able to stay healthy, I don't think he's going to duplicate the 22 points per game that he wound up having at Hampton, but I do think that this is a guy that's going to be able to come in and he's going to be able to do a solid job. Montavious Murphy, he was this last season playing over there for... Kansas State wound up redshirting this last year after during the 2019-20 season was a starter for the team. Wound up starting 16 games, 5.5 points, 3.5 rebounds. Shot about 31% for three-point range as a 6'9". Little bit of a combo player. Wound up playing just four games during the 2020-21 season. Had a couple off-the-court issues. Wound up having a couple injuries. So that kept him off the floor. Did not wind up playing this last season. He decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Going to be interesting to see if you wind up getting a little bit more of a mid-major that decides to utilize him as a bit more of a buy-low, sell-high sort of guy. So he is out there in the transfer portal. 
Oscar Barriou. This last season was playing at Fairleigh Dickinson, and in his first year at Fairleigh Dickinson, didn't wind up playing bad. He wound up seeing 12 starts, 6.5 points per contest. Now, Fairleigh Dickinson, that team was just an absolute hot mess, but at 6'4", shot over 40% from three-point range. Wound up seeing more and more minutes as the season went along. Was a little bit of an afterthought going into the season. You take a look at him from December 5th on, final eight games, was able to put up 9.5 points, shot 46% from three-point range in that time span, and you did wind up seeing Fairleigh Dickinson win a nice game or two. He's out there in the transfer portal. Not a guy that wound up doing a lot with regards to his defense. Is going to need to do a better job of being able to hit the glass, but as it stands right now, a very solid sharpshooter out there in the transfer portal, Amari Davis, who wound up beginning his career out there in the Horizon League. He was playing for UW-Green Bay, wound up playing this last season at Missouri. He is back out there in the Horizon League, now playing for Wright State. He's hopefully going to be Mr. Wright for them, and we have seen Wright State do a very solid job with regards to transfers as you take a look at his last season with UW-Green Bay, the 2020-21 season. This is a sampling of what he might be able to do in the Horizon League. 17 points, 3.5 rebounds per game now. Only shot 28% from 3, but very much a good stat sheet suffer. Solid on defense, 1.4 seals per game. This last season out there in the SEC. 9 points per game, shot just 24.5% from distance. Part-time starter from Missouri. I attribute that more to the fact that, well, Missouri needed someone to be able to fill minutes, and they didn't have any talent whatsoever, but... That said, someone who's got experience playing out there in the SEC, someone who's a right torn it up at the Ryzen League level, he's going to be adding two right state. Very, very good gift for them. You did wind up seeing Jackson Baker. He has decided that he is going to be adding to New Hampshire this last season. He was playing at Central Arkansas. Why is that Central Arkansas? I'm not going to say he wound up tearing it up or anything like that, especially this last season. Did wind up seeing only 18 minutes per contest, 4.5 points per game. During the 2019-20 season as a freshman, it was actually his best year because he was a starter that season and was really able to do a nice job for the program. Seven points per contest, wound up being able to shoot 34% from three-point range as a six-foot-seven, a little bit of a combo player. As the seasons went along, he just was unable to develop. You could tell that the, uh, I guess you call it system itself, wasn't necessarily a great fit for him. So he has decided that he is going to be heading to New Hampshire, a New Hampshire team that they do play at one of the slowest paces in all of college basketball. So I think that that's going to be very fascinating because you got a Central Arkansas team that they absolutely run it and gun it. Now he's going to a program in which they very much value playing at a slow sort of tortoise pace. Now, but neither of those programs necessarily great on defense. So there's one commonality there, but he decided that he's going to be going to New Hampshire and New Hampshire. I feel like he's getting themselves a nice little combo player that's able to pop threes and they've been able to have some success with those guys. Tulsa's going through a little bit of an overall as well when their guys, Josh Early, he decided that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal, not necessarily a guy that wanted making too many contributions. Who did wind up making contributions? Javon Franklin over there at South Alabama and also Alex Alexander at South Alabama. Both of these guys decide that they are going to be entering in the transfer portal. A South Alabama team that, with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, they were one of the better teams out there in college basketball in South Alabama. They're just a team that they reload with the transfer portal. They bring in a lot of transfers. They lose a lot of transfers. Let's take a look at Franklin first. Guy that wound up putting up 12 points, right around 8 rebounds per game. Not a guy that was going to be stretching the floor or anything like that, but was able to do a good job shooting over 65% from the field, and then you take a look at what you're able to get out of Anderson, and he did want to give the team six half points, three and a half rebounds per game. Impact wasn't necessarily as big as Franklin's, but did wind up starting in 16 games. Not a guy that was going to light it up from three-point range or anything like that, but really did like both of those guys, and when it comes to South Alabama, it's just always incredible to see what this team winds up doing in the transfer portal, because someone that they wanted bringing in, Kevin Samuel, 
He's one of the better dominators that wound up entering into the transfer portal this offseason. They've already got Isaiah Moore. He is coming in from the 91 level, and he's going to be taking the step up as well. So going to be very fascinating to see what South Alabama does to be able to replace those two gentlemen. You wind up seeing Luke. Kazbike, he decided that he is going to be transferring from Kansas State, and he's going to be heading to Illinois State. Illinois State wound up losing Antonio Reeves a couple days ago, but Kazbike, he wound up averaging right around two points per contest in his two years at Kansas State. Someone who had six foot five tries to be a little bit of a combo player, had a little bit of a tough time being able to knock down threes, as we know Kansas State. They wound up going through a little bit of a coaching change in the offseason with Kazbike. He was number three or 11 nationally, according to 247 Sports, with regards to the recruiting ranks of 2000. 28 top 10 prospect out there in the state of Missouri, so there is a little bit of upside there. Speaking of the state of Illinois, you wound up seeing Noah Kahn decide that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal guy that just could not wind up finding his way out there on the floor right around a point and a half per contest, so that is something that is not going to be affecting them too much. What is going to be affecting a school out there in the state of Missouri, though? How about this one? Isaiah Mosley, just a guy that wound up putting up absolutely tremendous numbers at Missouri State this last season. 20 and a half points, 6 half rebounds, 2.3 assists, shot 43% from 3 as a 6 foot 5 combo player while making 90% of his free throws. He is out there in the transfer portal. This is someone that's keeping all options open, whether to play professionally, whether to wind up coming back to Missouri State, or to wind up transferring out of the program. Going to be very fascinating to see what he winds up doing because this is a guy that can really tilt the fortunes of a program. I feel like if he would go up to the Power 5 level like a Big Ten school, he could come in and he could start. He has that sort of talent right there. You've got to think that there's going to be a lot of schools knocking at his door. So going to be interesting to see what winds up happening there. Georgetown wound up having a little bit of an exodus. You wound up seeing Donald Carey and Colin Holloway decide that they were both going to be entering into the transfer portal. Biggest one, in my opinion, is Carey. Guy that wound up having 13.5 points, 3 assists, 4.5 rebounds per game, shot 39% from 3 par range now. Carey has been a very well-traveled gentleman, began his career at Mount St. Mary's, wound up playing at Siena. He's gone up a level in pretty much every year, and he's wound up playing college basketball, and every single year, he has been able to figure it out, and take a look at what he was able to do in the back half of the season last year. Final 12 games, right around 14 points per contest. Three-point shooting percentage did wind up dipping to 32%. It turned into a situation which a bad shot for him was better than a good shot for other guys because, well, George Sean didn't wind up having a lot of talent because, yeah, guys like Colin Holloway, who did wind up putting up nine points per game last season, have very uneven seasons. He did wind up shooting 35% from three-point range, but you just notice it with George Sean in general. They did wind up having a little bit of a downfall with their offense towards the back half of the season for Holloway in the final 15 games of the season. Wound up putting up 8.5 points per contest, shot 28% from three-point range, so both of these guys looking for a little bit of a new lease on life. Both of these guys have decided that they are going to be entering into the transfer portal. You wound up seeing Sean Walker, who this last season, he was playing at McNeese State. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Did not wind up seeing really a lot of playing time. 6'8", 280-pound big man that does have a little bit of upside in my opinion, but case of which he just was not able to get out there on the floor this season, so going to be interesting to see if someone winds up taking a little bit of a flyer, hoping that he could be a bit of a rim protector. Missouri State, I mentioned it with them a few minutes ago, the fact that they do wind up losing one of the most dominant players, in my opinion, in all of college basketball to the transfer portal, who's keeping his name out there in Isaiah Mosley, but they do pick up Kendall Moore. Moore is someone who was a four-year starter at Colorado State. 
His best year came during the 2020-21 season. 10.5 points, right around three boards per game shot. 36% from three, 91% of the free throw. This year saw a little bit of a dip in scoring with 6.5 points per contest, but him going over to Missouri State, they will be a little bit of a primary ball handler, not necessarily ideal size of 5'10", but someone that's able to do a wide variety of things. Very good plus defender. He's going to be able to come into Missouri State, and he's going to be able to do a very solid job. And for Missouri State, they've lost a lot of what they had last season, but now he joins Chance Moore, a former top one recruit, Dalen original. He was at Georgia. He was a highly touted guy. Brian Trimble Jr., a guy that wound up averaging right around 10 points per contest at Akron this last season. Alston Mason, someone who didn't wind up seeing a lot of minutes at Oklahoma, but has a little bit of upside as well. Very interesting to see what this program is doing, and I think that it's going to work out very well for them. So, he has decided to be able to join that program, and I think that that is going to work out very, very well for them. And then you take a look at the Missouri Valley Conference, and Stephen Verplanken Jr. has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. I've always liked him a little bit. He was playing this last season at Southern Illinois. A lot of putting up six half points for contest. I felt like he should have done a little bit better job on the glass. He wound up averaging 2.4 rebounds per game last two seasons, but did wind up shooting 40% from three-point range this last season. A little bit uneven. You didn't know what you were going to be able to get out of him night in and night out. A little bit of a heat check guy. When he was on, he was on. When he was off, he was off. Like, you just take a look at the final 13 games of the season, only about four and a half points per contest, shooting 30% from three-point range when the team was able to win a few games early on during the season. He was a big reason why. So, if he's able to figure it out, if he's able to go to a place in which he's able to have a little bit more consistency, going to be very beneficial for him. David Ngutson. He was playing the slide season at Virginia Tech. Three and a half points, two and a half rebounds per game. Not a guy that was necessarily a primary option, but someone that was able to come in, be a relatively solid defensive stopper, give you a little bit of rebounding. He decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. I just didn't feel like he was necessarily a good fit with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is a team that they like to play slow, but they like to have a lot of versatility. And in Goosen, he doesn't necessarily have that sort of versatility. You take a look at him coming out of high school, 247 sports. Rated him only as right around a 414 prospect in their class, number one out there in the state of Maryland. Virginia Tech took a shot on him. And I do think that at a little bit of a lower level of basketball, if he winds up going down to the mid-major level, this is a guy that can absolutely tear it up, but didn't think that the fit was great, and now he's out there in the transfer portal. How about Dylan Penn? He's played the last four years at Bellarmine. Last two years, Bellarmine has been a D1 school, and during the 2021-22 season, this guy lit it up. 16.5 points, 5 assists, steal per contest. Didn't necessarily shoot a great from three-point range, but guess who's picking up a wily guy that doesn't turn the ball over very often and is coming in from a slow school that was very efficient? Vermont. Vermont does a great job of bringing in these guards that they know that they're going to be able to contribute. When you take a look at this Vermont program, they've been able to do a great job the last two seasons with Ben Chungu along with Ryan Davis. I believe that Chungu is going to be out of eligibility, so they needed a little bit of a replacement for him. Who better than a guy that absolutely tearing it up at the Atlantic Sun level? This is absolutely tremendous for them. Great work by Vermont being able to get him in. I think he's going to come in. He's going to be able to provide quite a few assists. I think that he's going to do a good job of being able to just give you a double-figure amount of points per game. Once again, not a great three-point shooter, but great get for Vermont. B.J. Maribel, he was this last him playing at UNC Asheville. Only wound up putting up right around a point per contest. 6'9", Jordan Pound, gentleman from the state of Tennessee. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Wound up seeing this gentleman decide that he is going to be stepping down a level. Bryson Goudin. Just in the two stops that he's been at, he was at Providence most recently. This gentleman who was a former top one recruit began his career at Syracuse. Just couldn't wind up finding minutes no matter where he wound up going. And is 
three seasons with both stops. Wound up averaging right around two points per contest. Could never really figure it out when it comes to three-point shooting. He has decided to go to Fairfield, and Fairfield is a team that, much like Providence, they play relatively slow. They wind up hanging their head on defense at a lower level. This should be a guy that should be able to find his shot a little bit easier. I think that this is going to be a very good fit for Fairfield. He should be able to come into the conference. He should instantly become a double-figure scorer. If not, I'm going to have to question why he was rated so highly with regards to the top 100 list, but that said, I think that this is going to work out very well for Fairfield, so credit to them. Jay Nagel, he was playing at UC Santa Barbara this last season. He decided that he's going to be going to Idaho State. Just did not wind up seeing a lot of minutes with the Gauchos. His best season actually came during the 2018-19 season as a true freshman. Wanted putting up 3.5 points per game, shot 41% from 3-point range. A career 37% 3-point shooter at 6'8". is a guy that's able to space out the floor a little bit. Idaho State, they just need to be able to bring in guys with D1 experience to try to be able to get out of the cellar of the big sky. I think that this is a little bit of a step in the right direction given how much success the Gauchos have had in recent years. So certainly don't hate it. I just question how he's going to be able to do in a little bit of a bigger role. Gus Okafer, he wound up having himself a big role at Southeast Louisiana this last season. Wound up starting every game, 14.5 points per contest. Shot 32.5% from three-point range, 6.5 rebounds per game. A guy that at six foot six is very ideal for Wichita State. Not necessarily a guy that's going to overpower his size, but has a good body. Someone that winds up playing a little bit more of a defense-first style is able to get the ball down low. He's going to Wichita State. Wichita State not going to be lighting it up by any stretch of the imagination from the outside or anything like that. But a guy that I feel like is going to be a good system fit. Very good on them. Okafer probably going to need to accept a little bit of a smaller role, but I think that he's going to be able to come in and do a very solid job for this program. Khalil Shabazz, he decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Had himself a solid year this last season. Wasn't quite what Jamari Boye was out there in the backcourt, but 13.5 points per contest, shot 34.5% from three-point range, two assists, 1.7 seals per game, and he did wind up seeing him get off to a little bit of a slow start to begin the season, and he did wind up having a big, giant clunker in the final game of the season against Murray State, but that said, prior to that big, giant clunker, he had put up 15-plus points, in seven out of the team's last eight games in that time span, final nine games. So that includes the clunker he wound up having in the NCAA tournament. 18 points per contest, took 8.23s per game, shooting 43.2% from three. This is a guy that is able to light it up in a hurry. One of the best prospects, in my opinion, currently out there in the transfer portal. So that is going to make things very interesting and going to be no shortage of schools knocking at his door. You did wind up seeing the Georgia gentleman and Christian Wright decide that he is going to be heading out west. He is going to be going to Oregon State. A gentleman that is not a native of Oregon by any stretch of the imagination did wind up actually seeing some quality minutes for Georgia. So I do think that he could come into Oregon State. It's going to be able to do a solid job. Someone who wound up putting up a little bit over five points per contest. You notice towards back half of the season that he was able to do a little bit more. Final 15 games of the season, five points, two and a half assists per game. Not a guy that was able to light it up from three-point range overall for the season. He wound up shooting from distance right around 26.5%, but someone who's got a relatively solid skill set, someone who is highly talented coming out of high school, I think that he's going to come in and he's going to be able to do a solid job. So that is good for an Oregon State program that they just need to be able to get a little bit of talent in there. Isaiah Adams, he certainly has quite a bit of talent, and he has decided that he is going to be heading to Buffalo. Buffalo has been able to do a good job in the transfer portal in recent years, and Adams just wanted getting a little bit lost in the shuffle while he was with Central Florida during the 2020-21 season. 10 points, 4 boards, shot 34% from 3 points last year. Saw a dip to 4 points per game on pretty much 
just getting into the doghouse of Johnny Dawkins. So that was a little bit of an issue. And you should take a look at how things wanted manifesting themselves during the season. It was a case in which when he wound up getting minutes, he was able to do a relatively solid job, but he wound up averaging only about two and a half points per game in the final 10 games of the season. His minutes just kept getting slashed. Six foot six, a little bit of a combo player. Should be able to come in and do exactly what Buffalo wants. Buffalo is a team that they go a little bit more up tempo than Central Florida, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue. That said, I think that he's going to be able to get down that side, and I do think that he's going to be able to contribute in a big way. So I think that that is going to be rock solid for them. Justin Boom Boom Powell, he was this last season playing at Tennessee. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. In the few games that he wound up playing with Auburn, he looked very solid there. 11.5 points, 6 rebounds per game, shot 44% from three-point range, then wound up suffering a concussion and just could never find his sea legs with Tennessee. He did wind up being able to give the team 14 minutes per contest, but three and a half points per game. I thought that this was really going to be an impact transfer for Tennessee, and he just was unable to really lend any offense whatsoever. You just wind up diving in from February 5th on, final 10 games of the season. 0.4 points per game, 7.5 minutes per contest. He became a little bit of a defensive stopper. Someone that has shown the ability to be able to shoot threes. Someone that has shown that he's able to be a solid producer. He's out there in the transfer portal. So, going to be interesting to see what winds up happening. There's Aaron Griffin. He was playing at UIC, a.k.a. Illinois Chicago, this last season. He decided that he is going to be going to Tennessee State. This man has bounced around a little bit of everywhere. First two years was at Iowa State. Didn't wind up seeing a lot of minutes there. And this last year at UIC, didn't wind up putting up 11 points, 4 rebounds per game. Shot 32.5% from 3 point range. And the season before at UIC actually shot 38% from 3 point range. As a 6'6", a little bit of a combo player. Tennessee State, they are a team that they need a little bit more 3-point shooting. They need a little bit more defensive tenacity as well. He should be able to deliver that. So I think that this is going to be a solid get for Tennessee State. And then you take a look at what you were able to get out of the SWAC with Jalen Johnson. He was relatively solid during the 2021-22 season for Alabama A&M. And he has decided that he is going to be jumping up a little bit and he is going to be heading to UW-Milwaukee. Was a two-time all-swag performer during the 2021-22 season. Pretty much it was a case in which he was much of the team. Jalen Johnson along with Garrett Ix. That was about it for the team as these two guys wanted to combine for 30 points per contest. Nobody else gave the team more than 8.2 points per game with Johnson. 16 points, 7.5 boards, a block per game. Not a guy that was necessarily going to shoot it from three-point range, but someone that was able to do very, very good things with the program. He's heading over to UW-Milwaukee. Now, we've seen a lot of guys go from the swag and not necessarily have a lot of success. UW-Milwaukee at this point, they just need bodies. They need someone to come in to be able to give the team a little bit of production, and I do think that they're going to be able to get that, so that should be a little bit of an upgrade for Milwaukee and for Johnson. A big step up in competition. You wind up seeing a lot of the St. Bonaventure guys decide to enter into the transfer portal as well. You now have out there their main facilitator and Kyle Lofton. 13 points, 6 assists per contest. Not a guy that was going to light it up from 3-point range at 28%, but it now means that all five of the primary players for St. Bonaventure this last season are now out there in the transfer portal. It is very interesting to see what is going on with this St. Bonaventure team because they have picked up a few guys in the portal, but got to wonder where their minutes are going to be coming from because they picked up Moses Flowers. They picked up Daryl Banks the third. I think that both of these guys are going to be able to come in, and they're going to be able to do an okay job. No if fans are about to about it, but for the Bonnies, they've lost a lot. They haven't necessarily gotten in a ton. Kyra Lucha was up for Holy Cross. 
if they're in the Ryzen League, but this is not great. And Oshun Oshuni, he's leaving all options open. He's decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal as well. I don't anticipate him going pro, so I can very easily see him going elsewhere. 11.75 boards, three blocks per contest, very dominant at the college level. I don't know if his game necessarily translates to the professional ranks. It'll be intriguing to see what he decides to wind up doing, because this is a man that, if he decides to come back to school, he is going to be very much coveted out there by a lot of people, and I do think that Daniel Aiken is going to be as well. He, this last season, was playing at California Baptist, and at Cal Baptist, a school that they've done a solid job in the transfer portal, but they've went a little bit more guard-heavy. He was a little bit more of a traditional big man. Ten and a half points, eight rebounds per contest, wound up putting up a block per game. Not a guy that was going to light it up from three-point range, but really at 6'9", 220 pounds, their main rim protector. So that is a little bit of a loss for the Lancers if he decides to wind up going elsewhere. And then we saw a pair of gentlemen from the Summit League decide where they're going to be going. No Friedel wound up going to James Madison and Tyree Eady. He decided that he was going to be going to North Texas. Let's go with Edie first as he wound up actually being able to end the season with North Dakota State because Friedel at South Dakota State was very interesting there but with Edie pretty much a three and a half year starter when it came to North Dakota State this year ten and a half points five rebounds a little bit of a combo player shot 38% from three point range six foot five guy that does a wide variety of things this is going to be a good fit with North Texas. North Dakota State is a team that they play a little bit slower and they're pretty solid on defense. I feel like it was a little bit of a Medusa with regards to some of their numbers just because with the Summit League, you're going up against teams that they really gun it like South Dokota State, Oral Roberts, list goes on and on. They just play at frenetic paces. So South Dakota State, if you take a look at them, they're naturally a team that they play relatively slow. Edie, a very good defender, someone that's able to switch off, someone that's able to shoot threes. He is going to be absolutely tremendous there and just really interesting what we want to see out of Noah Friedel because Friedel was absolutely lighting it up towards the beginning part of the season. He wound up averaging 14 and a half points per contest and you take a look at what he had done in past years as well. This is a guy that's very solid. Wound up seeing action in like two straight games towards back half of the season. I don't know what wound up happening. I think that there were rumors that he wound up stepping away from the program, but we're going to take this from the first, we're going to call it 11 games of the season where he was really tearing it up. In those first 11 games from November 9th through December 11th, 20 points per contest, shot 43% from three and eight and a half threes per contest, and then he pretty much disappeared. So I do think that that's very fascinating, but as long as James Madison is able to get healthy, Noah Friedel that has focus out there on the floor, this guy is going to be absolutely amazing. For them, 6 foot 4 combo player, it's able to bomb it from three-point range, and we're going to hopefully go bombs away at the bookies this season, do a terrific job of being able to make you guys as much money as seemingly possible, and that's what we're getting set for, taking a look at all these rosters, so that way we know what we're dealing with, and then once the transfer portal winds up cooling down, as we've right now got 1,572 players in the portal, I'm going to be starting up my conference previews and taking a look at all 32 of those. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you hear podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRSquarty1. Keep in mind, letters DM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Big thanks to Tobias Bass of NBC Sports Edge for joining me in the last segment. Going to be coming at you guys every single day, regular season and off-season on this podcast, which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.